Hello, hello. Good evening. Here you are again with me on Insights with Latrice. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I totally appreciate you guys being here, especially on this Father's Day. Hey, Katrina. Hey, Maggie. Hey, guys. I am so glad you're here. We have a good topic, and actually, this is going to be a series, and it's going to get raw. It's going to get real. It's going to be deep, but I'm just asking you to have a heart to listen, a heart um, that's open. Um, we, the Black people, are going to be very vulnerable to our wounds and our hurts and pains, and, my, and as you saw, the series is called Dear White People, because I have been um, getting a lot of inbox, text, emails from my white sisters and brothers wanting to know what to do, how to do it, um, trying to understand some things. And I'm all for it. And I'm here to give it to you. And so there's just some things that we really need to hit hard. And the first person I got is Meredith Atwood. I'm going to introduce her in a moment. But first, Happy Father's Day to everybody out there who's a daddy, who's holding it down. A, a daddy, a big daddy, a bonus daddy, a step daddy, my daddy. Uh, um, all y'all, happy Father's Day to you guys. Let me just tell you how important a father is. You guys, without you, I know without us, there could be no kids, but without you, there could be nothing. So um, we thank you. I know I have to give an honor um, to my husband, Olivier Kabuya, my yummy, my everything. He does fatherhood so well. To watch him with his girls, to watch the connection, the love, the protection, the wisdom, the, I, you know, it's really important for me for someone to be present and I don't care how long he's working. I don't care what other things he has going on. He's present for um, his family and that does my heart good. And um, the fact that he affirms his children, he loves, he teaches them the word of God and the foundation, the values and everything. Um, I may run that day to day, but Mr. Kabuya, he's he's the head he he got this down right i just follow suit like everybody else and so i have to say happy father's day to him um just love him i love him so much and then of course my daddy booker t marshall don't you like that name booker t marshall um who was the first man i ever loved and i still love i still sit on his lap 200 plus some pounds and i'm not telling you the other numbers but I'm on it. I, I'm sitting right on his lap and it may hurt and he smiles and I'm sure he's in pain and I don't care. Maybe I contributed to his hip replacement. I don't know, but, <laughs> but he's my daddy. He's 83. He'll be 83 in November. And he's just a man um, after God's own heart, just kind, sweet, loving, um doesn't raise his voice you know doesn't fuss um just a kind spirited man just he's just the love of my life so i had to marry someone that could at least match maybe if if that's even possible 
Um, and I just have some amazing um, men in my life, not to mention Olivier's father, who I just love. Um, Papa, Antoine, listen, the goat. Don't play with me on him. I love him. We were talking today and, you know, I'm country. And so I know he don't understand half of what I'm saying, but he just laughs anyway. And that's OK. I'm good with it. And then um, my Olivier's other father, his uncle, but raised him as well. Um, Oscar, um, wonderful man. And I'm just blessed that I am a part of that family. So anyway, get your people together because we're about to go in on this um, on this subject. Can you put, um, I know my producer is telling me I'm so unprofessional. So, okay, let's, let's go with it. Um, be following me. Please follow me on Facebook, of course, Graham, Twitter, and then download my podcast, Insights with Latrice, and, and go back. I mean, it's been several years that you can go back to different topics and discussions. I'm telling you, every one of my episodes, I think, I always think, oh, that's so good. That's so good. You're going to get something from all of them. So um, we got a lot going on, but um, let's, let's get into it. I have uh, my guest today, who is an author. What's interesting, I love her story. Um, she was a lawyer and um, she is now an author. Um, she's a life coach. She's amazing. And she, I can call her my friend. And um, she's white. She's a white woman who I admire her, her courage. I admire her openness to want to know and do better and not just know, but really put into action. Her and I probably talk once or twice a day um, via text. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, yeah, um, we we send things to each other. Um, but anyway, I think this is going to be a great discussion. She was the one that I just kept getting that I needed to um, start off this series with. Um, and I'm going to bring her on. Her name is Meredith Atwood. Hey there. Hi. How are you? I'm good, friend. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much. I know it's Father's Day. I talked to your husband and I, I'm so appreciative that he would let you out for a little bit with <laughs> his day, you know. He's and like, so please take her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would gladly take you. Gladly. Well, here's the thing, Meredith. We're getting ready to talk real good, Let's right? Real yes. raw. I know you're not scared. You would be the person that I would hang with and say, look, we got something to do in the alley. You would be someone I would take because <laughs> we get it. We would I have it. a friend. We say, if you need someone to bury the bodies, like, come on, let's right. get it. That's right. It, it's on. It's on. Um, so or I, we will get into um, everything. Well, I guess we can kind of talk about 
let's yes let's talk about your journey first let's talk about who you are so people can get an understanding and an idea because i think what's so interesting is you grew up in a part of um america that is very racist and very challenged and somehow you did not let it change who you were and so you're from uh, from georgia right originally from savannah um, yeah very savannah. very deep south and then spent my adult life in metro atlanta so yeah. i mean i i grew up in a prep school with yeah. two black kids you know what i mean like totally right. insulated um the i learned to have other friends when i joined yeah. a, the local weightlifting team which was very diverse all sorts of different people all different colors and i had some really great friends and and that was just the way it was but i mean couched in that was the community and the culture which was very racist i mean very very um i had kids in school with me with confederate flags in their trucks and i mean that was what i grew up in and i from a very young age did not like that yeah just did not um but, but it was un because your family wasn't like that they were okay with it right they were well it's interesting my dad I would have called him super racist until recently. Like the man has had a change of heart. So that he was a he was a cop. Okay. And he grew up Savannah. Um, you know, he was born in the 40s. And so okay. it's just everything you would expect from a Southern white man, you know? Okay. Um, but I when I joined the weightlifting team and I was exposed to people that were not like me, yeah. <laughs> of different yeah, yeah. colors, and I realized like I like these people. Like, like they're right. different. They're definitely right. different than I am, but I like them. And, yeah. um, you know, there was a little tension in our house about that, I think. And okay. it was known that w you didn't want to, I don't, I don't know. It was just was known like, well, they're from there and you're from yeah. here. And, but I was that. right. But I was never that way. Like, I just never was. I, I just, I wasn't. And, but that's still like, as I grew up, I mean, I went to college and I got married and I moved into white neighborhoods and I have little white kids and we yeah. looked for the best schools and, yeah. you know, um, and they were white and they were white. But then when we yeah. moved in Atlanta, we actually took our kids out of the white, you know, the white system. <laughs> we took yeah. them out of the suburb public school and put them in a STEM charter school which okay. was extremely diverse. It had all sorts of colors, all sorts of people. They were brought in from all over Atlanta. And I was on the board of that school. And so I made an active effort to, to change, you know, we moved, we yeah. white, white flighted to the suburbs and I'm like, where are all the people, you know? Yeah. Um, but then here, when we moved up to Massachusetts, I mean, we're in a community, I looked up the, the demographic, it's 94% white. Okay. You know, okay. so here I am and, you know, so this is part of my story and part yeah. of, of my racism without yeah. being conscious. Yeah. And, yeah. Know, without being really conscious of it and actively saying, you know, when we go to move somewhere, what does it mean when we look at good schools? What are we actually yeah. looking for? And not understanding the implications of what that search actually meant. And I... And it's not that I didn't subconsciously know it, but right. until recently, 
I did not follow the tracks all the way back to what that meant. And that's, that's how you and I got connected. Cause when I, when I woke up a little bit, I was like, I need to talk to some people <laughs> cause I don't have a clue. Yeah. And, but I think that's so important um, that you say that, especially to my white sisters and brothers that are listening and watching. I see Kelly McKenzie, Tamala, Katrina, Randy, Christy. Hey guys. I see um, beloved Dorcas, Lanita, Latasha. Hey guys. The one thing I want you guys to know, you can ask questions. All I am asking is that you be respectful, right? Because I play no games, none. <laughs> That's why we're friends. I, right. <laughs> I play no games. And, um, and because it is a very sensitive topic. And I think that we have to be very mindful, right? And we have to be okay with racism is ugly. So we can't pretty it up anymore. And it, it it's necessary that we talk about it and talk about everything, you know, because we're going to get into white privilege. But the one thing that was very interesting when you and I started talking, you kept saying, how did I not know? And I mean, that day you were turning red and you were just so appalled at yourself. And I said, friend, listen, the system was designed for you not to notice any of that. Right. The system was designed. It's doing what it's job, it's job. And so the fact that now you are woke is the term that everyone is using. I said, the key is you're making a difference. You're making changes. You're using your platform because you have Ubu followers, you know, um, and I know that you've lost a lot of followers. Because Bye. <laughs> Bye. I mean, you can be on the streets together. But honestly, and you told, and this was, was so interesting. And I told Olivier, you said, I feel bad that they thought I thought like them. Yeah. When I, so w before I came out as, you know, hey, let's do equality. I didn't know you had to come out for that, but you do. Um, <laughs> before I came out for that, I made a note of my friend count because I thought, I know a few are going to leave. I know who they are. That's fine. Um, and I, I wrote it down. I wrote my likes on my professional page. I wrote my friends. Yeah, I mean, it was white flight from me. And and what I said to you, I said, you know what I'm most upset about is the fact that those people thought I thought like them. Like that's how quiet I was all mm. this time with a platform. And, and I had a conversation with a friend two years ago in Boston. And I had said, you know, I'm never gonna get political on my social media. And she was like, why, why wouldn't you? And I'm like, cause I'm, I'm liberal. I am, I'm, I am. Yeah. And um, yeah. I never said anything. Cause I'm like, well, I'll lose my followers. That's not really my niche anyway. But when this all, when I woke up, I'm like, okay, this isn't political. This yeah. is much bigger than that. But then I started getting political too and I'm just free. <laughs> and all of a sudden it doesn't matter. And it made me realize like, I've just been complicit in the system that was designed to keep me that way. But I don't have to do that anymore. You, I never okay. did, but now I will not. <laughs> well, here's this Meredith, talk to me and talk to the people that are listening. Why is it important that our white sisters and brothers not stay quiet? I mean, um, there's, there's like, you got all night. I mean, we have to 
it's important because if you say that you are for equality, that you believe that people are really equal under the law and in God's eyes and all of that, then we have to speak out with our belief because we are in a system that is designed to benefit us. And until we say we white people believe in equality and we're committed to changing the system, then it will nothing will ever change and we will continue to live in an unequal society. And there's so much work that has to be done. And if you're silent about it, if you're like, oh, I just don't really like this. This is my favorite. I really don't like the stress that's on Facebook. It is stressful for me to see all this. And that, as we know, is white fragility. We can get into that or not. But the turning away from this is yeah. what killed me. Oh, I just don't want to be a part of this. Yeah. Um, what what is this that we're so scared of? And that is that is the privilege. We're scared that if people if black people get equality, that somehow that takes away from us. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's because a lot of times people say what you're saying. You know, I don't want to get involved. I'm not. You know, I love white people. I mean, I love black people. I'm not racist, but it's more than not being racist because you just wrote an article mm -hmm. and you talked about how you realized to some degree you were racist. Absolutely. We all, every white person is racist. We can't help it. We can't help it. And that's where the misconception comes because we have been told that only racist race you're racist if you openly hate black people if you you know talk badly about them if if you can't if you can't stand to be in the same room with them but if you can be in close proximity and you have a black friend it, then you're not racist so the problem is with our definition of racism it's it's putting racism to the individual not the system and what we're talking about is the system the way that this world in America is designed is the racism. It's the fact that we are part of a system that is literally yeah. complicit and, and, and purposeful in yeah. making sure that black people have been held down for, I don't know, since 300 BC, according to Sharon, Lisa Sharon Harper. So how long is that? That's way too much math. Yeah, but, I can't, I can't do it. It's <laughs> too long. It's been held down for, for yeah. that long to slavery to Jim Crow to post what well, not post Jim Crow got that wrong the new Jim Crow right. and 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 now like and it's still going on we're still here and so we're still doing it now we are so tell me this I was listening to some someone and say he was a news reporter I don't like when we say white privilege. Can we use another word? <laughs> and the gentleman who sure. was black said, no, it's good you're uncomfortable. Please understand your white privilege. What do you say to that, Mary? Oh my gosh. And, and this is what I say to white privilege. When people say, yeah, but I grew up poor. No, that's yes. class. That's economics. That is not the fact that when you log on to this tonight, you go, She's black, you're white. Like immediately anyone who logs on sees that. The fact that you notice I'm white, I was about to say I'm black. The fact that you notice that I'm white is my privilege, I'm wearing it. And so the fact that I can then choose to say, you know what, this is too much. I don't wanna deal with this on Facebook, it's too much. 
that is privilege because I can turn my back on this issue of racism and go about my day and it impacts me none. If you are white, you can walk away from all of this. You're right. You don't have to look at it. And that is exactly why it's privilege. That's exactly why. But and so go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go no ahead. you go ahead. You were about to say something better. I can tell because no, you I went was, like this. <laughs> well, because I'm seeing these debates and these these conversation that some white people are not getting, they feel attack. And I'm like, really? <laughs> really? But they don't, they don't see it, Latrice. That's what, that's why. Um, and something about, because you had asked me, you said, what woke you up? And I said, it was when I saw Ahmaud Arbery gun down. I was sitting on my couch in my suburban neighborhood and I saw it on my phone and I got angry. Like that woke me up. I don't know why. I don't know. I mean, well, okay. I know why, obviously. Right. right. Um, but the fact that there were how many before that and how many centuries, yeah. like that didn't impact me whatsoever because it didn't, it like, why did that one impact me? Cause it yeah. was in Georgia. Cause he was running. Cause I run sometimes. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the fact that white people think that you that you as black people should be over it that that was a long time ago that how is this this isn't still happening that they, they don't understand so many levels and so many layers of it and one of the ones that i i have come across recently is the idea of the tr generational trauma that had that you carry from coming from having ancestors who were slaves, from yeah. having like the generational trauma. We have it in our family as white people when we got a great uncle who's an alcoholic. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're like, well, that's why I'm an alcoholic because great yeah. uncle Bob is, well, imagine yeah. if you, the generational trauma that comes from slavery. People aren't even, white people don't even think about that. We think, yeah. well, that was so long ago. Yeah. Um, it was like yesterday. It's like your great, great, you know, it's like talking about your great grandparents, white people, yeah. you know, just to say, you know, great grandpa, that's like the same thing. Like he knew, he, he knew slaves. It's Absolutely. not that far. And so that's part of it. White people don't want to look at that. It hurts us to look at that. We don't want to see what we do. And we, what, you know, so there's all of this. And then one day you realize, oh my God, this is why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's that the, the white people that are waking up, get it. And, and we're getting it wrong, by the way. I'm saying the wrong things. I'm getting it all wrong all over the map. But I get But it. you're getting it. And, yes. you're, and you're working toward understanding it. You're working right. towards um, having those uncomfortable conversations. Because when you asked me to come on your podcast, the first thing I thought was, okay, I'm going to have to water it down. And... <laughs> Because that's what we're used to. This right. is part of our trauma. This is and this is what white people don't realize too that you actually speak different. Like you don't say what you need to say. Yeah, right. So I was like, okay. So you know, I was like, okay. So it's going to be one of those. I'm going to get a few things in, but not to the degree. And when I came on, and you were just like, okay, tell me this. Okay, tell me. And you just kept 
letting me feed you information that wasn't always easy to listen to. You want to know why? Because it wasn't easy for me to discuss because I've never had that platform. Now, Mm. we talk about it amongst us Black people, but I've never been able to have that platform with my white sisters and brothers. I have maybe two two that I can say, right? And other than that, to talk as raw as we did, because Olivier listened to it and he was like, you did not hold anything back. (laughs) I said, said, she told me not to. (laughs) You did great. It was awesome. She told me not to. And, um, And so getting back to just understanding my dear white people, you know, I had shared with you, my girlfriend had wrote um, a, a statement regarding the hurt and pain she was feeling because she was having to cut her white friends who were childhood friends off for a long time. And as I was reading the comments, there was a lot of white people that got offended with her conversation and start telling her what to do, how to remedy the situation. And I got so upset because I was like, you are not listening. You, you, everything she said was true. It was raw. It was honest, but some of them were, was not listening. And so why, why, why are you listening? Why, why are you hearing it? I don't, you know, I keep, and I keep asking myself that I'm like, okay, I'm a white woman with a platform who has an 85% white audience. What can I say or do to, to have white people listen? Like what, what turned me? Why can't I, is there anything I can do? You know? And I thought about my dad, my dad would be like the number one most difficult person to change a mind in anything like pizza is better than lasagna. Like I can't change his mind about anything, like let alone something that has been from someone who's grown up in the deep South. And this man, for whatever reason, gets it. Like he gets it now. And so I keep talking to him about it, but he's got a lot of questions, a lot of questions that I don't have. Like he goes, but, I understand, but why the rioting? And so then we have a discussion. I'm like, dad, what happens when you speak and you speak and you speak and no one hears you for, for decades and then centuries, <laughs> then you start to, then you start to get well, mad, you know? And, and he's like, exactly. Oh. And then I think you can even go a step further with dad. Tell dad that tree said that, um, right. You know, when you're oppressed, you can't tell people what to do who are oppressed and feel like there's no voice. But more importantly, if we really look back at history, the KKKs did more rioting and looting than anyone. Right. Right. You know, they tore down Oklahoma, our right. Black Wall Street. They burnt down our churches. They burnt down our business. They burnt us. So, you know, right. we have a history of of this and it wasn't us. And that, you know, I think when you say, why aren't people listening? Because when you start to actually read the history, good people, white people want to be good people. Um, they don't, we don't want to acknowledge that we did that to other humans, you know? And so when you don't acknowledge that you did that to other humans, you 
you're bound to repeat it in other ways or in the same way. And I think that the fact that I turned my eyes and I looked back, like when Ahmaud Arbery was killed, I turned my eyes and I was like, why? And I yeah. looked back and I don't know if it was you or someone else I talked to who said, do you know about Black Wall Street? And I was like, no. And and I, I, and I think it was you, yeah. And so I started reading about that and I was like, are you kidding me? You know, and then I read more and I read more and I was like, well, I better go back to my history books to the, you know, the stories that aren't in my history books, the real stories yes. I didn't learn. And yes. then once you read that and you really read it and get the real story, not the history books we had in high school, it's easy to, to say, okay, I get everything that is happening right now, all of it. Yeah. And then I think too, let's just hit that history book. Growing up in a predominantly white town, I hated history, social, I hated any of that because all it depicted with, with um, black people was that we were slaves. Yeah. I did not understand who we were until I became an adult. I didn't know we were inventors. I didn't know we were entrepreneurs. I didn't know, you know, all they talked about, like they said, Thomas Jefferson freed us. Sir, ma'am, let me tell you about Thomas. Thomas Jefferson. I'm sorry, Abraham Lincoln, not Thomas. See, I was tracking I was, with you because no, you said Abraham, inventors. I'm like, no, but no, but let me tell you about Abraham, you know, but I had to study this. Right. The fact that um, he had a black woman on the side. He never freed her. He treated her. They always want to say he treated her good. No, he didn't. Mm. He did not. And, and her family. Her family that he she had babies with just finally, if I am confirming, just got some type of acknowledgement or compensation for all those years that they were denied who who the father was. So my point is George Washington. They talk about his wooden teeth. You remember that in history? Yeah. Who cares? Um, they slave teeth. Oh. They from the slaves. See what I'm saying? Let's talk about it. So, yeah, and so that's not in there. I have daughters here telling me more stuff. But my <laughs> point is, we don't know the history, no. the true history. They just tell you what they want because they don't want you to know everything because it's going to show who they really are, what right. really what really happened? You know what I'm saying? And so I think it does black people some good and white people to really find out the history, because I think once you start studying the true history of America, I think it will. Oh, it should open your eyes. So Shelley said Abraham Lincoln is my cousin for real, but he even wanted to ship all black peoples to Libya. He didn't want them in the United States, but it was too expensive to ship everyone. Well, Shelly, I'll say this. I want you to study your cousin a little more because there's more to it than just that. Um, a lot more to it. Um, and if it was too expensive to ship them, First of all, we shouldn't have had to come, but if it was too expensive to ship them, then um, it still didn't justify slavery. It didn't justify treating us less than human or devaluing us. 
that that is that's the history we have to really talk about and just hit face on you know head on and it's not always easy it's not always easy to accept especially when you've been in a system that has taught you something different and now you're 30 40 um shelly is my sister's age which would be she's probably about 52 53. so my point is it's almost like you have to deprogram yourself yeah. in some things and it's not easy and it's not something that takes it's overnight but my point in talking to you and letting people see who you are huge following 85 percent are white you grew up in the deep south it can be done but you're you have to be open to hear the yeah. naked truth which isn't always good she right. said i'm just saying lincoln is shown to be a hero but he didn't want he didn't want you here he freed you but not because he likes you okay um, oh, I have a question. <laughs> yes. Um, Latrice, on, so here's something that I think, I think if all white people could hear the Black Wall Street story, like, because if you really look at, at the history of white people, it's about money and it's about power. And that story is really impactful because I think white people can hear that and be like, wait, that could have happened to me. And that's in a way that's different. It it is, and it's actually on my Facebook page. Um, I actually Googled it, or is it in my Google? I don't know how I did it, but I posted it. And basically, just in a quick nutshell, because I want them to really read it and really yeah. study it out. And you can get books on it in the library. Um, Lanita, Lanita said, how could they afford to ship Africans here if shipping is too expensive? Drop the mic. That's why I said we really need to understand our history. I think sometimes what we do is take a certain amount of history and, and run with it. Let, let's understand all of it. And again, let's be open to hear everything. But to go back to Black Wall Street, we were making it. We had our own banks. I want to say there was like six and don't quote me on any of this because I'm going by memory. Um, but about six banks, grocery stores, car dealerships, hotel. It was all black, black owned everything. It was the black dollar and the Ku Klux Klan and other white supremacy um groups came in did not like what was going on and this this was for several years um do you know how many years that was no okay um but it is on my um facebook page if you guys want to go or you can listen you can look it up um google white people google google is your <laughs> friend google is definitely your friend but um and any of anyone can help me on this but basically we live like this for for many years and they came they were mad someone had said one of the black prominent men 
Okay, so there's a movie called Black Wall Street Burning. I haven't seen it, so but just to put it out there, but um, they accused him of something, and of course, you know, they make up these um, crimes. Came and just torched the whole. That was looting. That that's what you call looting, right there. That's what you call um, rioting, where they came and destroyed everything. The entire city. The whole city. The whole we wasn't bothering nobody. And then I read or I heard that, and every the the defense to that was well they could have claimed made insurance claims, but the insurance companies were owned by white people and the white people did not pay out. So they, literally, yeah, they everything was I mean everything was destroyed. Someone who was wealthy was poor in a matter of seconds. But and, what that makes white people do is look at the history and the hatred and only because they're that black wall street they were doing better than white wall street and wherever that like that is the problem the problem is white people can't stand when black people do better when okay. when that leg up starts that's when the hate that is the internal whiteness that for whatever reason we're like well why that's what it is. <laughs> Y'all see why I have Meredith Meredith on. <laughs> Did you just like disconnect me? You're like, wait, no. This is why Meredith, but it's true it's and it's true. honest and it's raw and it doesn't feel good. And I'm not gonna argue with anyone about this. Um, my thing is this this is what has happened. I have lived black for 47 years of my life. I know. I, I know not saying I've had a horrible life because I love being black. I'm look Juneteenth. Y'all saw my post. <laughs> I'm going to be blackity black, 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 black. And I meant that thing. Um, and I'm not saying I had a horrible life, but I'm going to tell you. I've had to deal with a lot of racism. I grew up in Tonganoxie, Kansas, and I'm not saying it's a horrible town. I enjoyed where I grew up. In fact, I had great neighbors, but it still does not negate racism. It doesn't negate what we had to do and, and the hoops. They And a lot of times we were the token black family. Oh, the Marshall family, they're so nice. They're so sweet. You know, here's the bottom line of it. Things are changing. Um, we're in a, a, a season where history books are going to change because this is going to go down in history because we have drawn a line in the sand and now you see who's who and there's no compromise from either side to be quite honest the black people are saying no more no more and the white people say no well i don't like y'all and here's the here's the truth Right. And so relationships have been destroyed. And I talked to you and I shared with you my girls. I have, um, you know, this whole silence things with with their friends, parents. We can't do that. We we no no, because I can't trust you. I can't trust what your thoughts are, how you really feel behind closed doors. I can't 
I can't send my child to you because you're saying nothing. Right. And so, so to, to stand. Um, so my point, my next point, and I know we have to wrap up. We talked about we, white people can't be silent. It's very important that you use your platform, your voice um, to make changes. And one of the things we have to make changes and my white sisters and brothers in the um, in corporate America, I need you to pull people that don't look like you on the, they're on the, on the boards, on in positions. I hate to see a, a company that has a, a, um, organ or a department called diversity, but there's no one diverse on that. To me, that makes no sense. Um, Lanita said, remember, it's not a zero sum game. If there are true believers in God, they then they can meditate on abundance and God's bounty. So, and I agree, we have, it's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. And I think that sometimes some of the things that are given to you and information that we share and the vulnerability that we have, um, you know, will definitely um, bring about change. And so um, Olivier told me to let you talk. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been talking. All I do is talk. So talk. So talk. So so talk. Talk. How for white people? How can you be an ally? What does that mean? I don't know, you know, I don't know whether to say I'm an ally. I, I don't know if that's the right thing to say, because I, I don't know if I can designate myself as your ally. You know what I mean? I feel like okay. I have to establish trust with you and that we have to be friends and then you individually get to say I'm an ally. You know what I mean? Um, I think the right thing to do <laughs> is to be a good human. And I don't mean a good person. I mean a good human. And that is to open your eyes, to listen, and to step back beyond your little world for a split second and see. Because that the second I was able to do that, I don't know how I'm going to be a part of this change, but I know I'm not going to not be a part of it. You know what I mean? But I'm still stepping back and reading and listening and trying to understand and letting, letting people know, like, if you need a white person in your corner I, i'm volunteer as tribute you know and literally because the fact that that white people are so divided on this it to, to me i don't understand it i truly don't understand i for example i posted something about aunt jemima label getting pulled i put, posted the article on my facebook and then somebody posted, I got mine today. And it was a picture of a conveyor belt with Uncle Ben's and Aunt Jemima on the conveyor belt in the grocery store. And I thought, is this for real? Like, are people actually this way? And they are. And to me, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't understand. And, and then that makes me say, well, you were asleep till three months ago. And now you're like, oh, I don't understand. And so then it makes me think, oh, I should just shut up because I don't, you know, so it's this whole thing. But in order to, to, to change, I have to say three months ago, I didn't give a shit about Aunt Jemima on the shelf. Sorry, I said that on your thing. But I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. You're fine. But You're three fine. months ago, I didn't, it didn't, because it didn't matter to me because I had the privilege to ignore it. 
And I still have the privilege to ignore it. I can shut this down and be like, just kidding. Um, equal rights is not for my platform. I can do that tomorrow. Absolutely. And and I'll get away with it because, well, I may not because I've asked a couple people to really hold me to account. <laughs> but as far as my audience goes, like yeah. they probably wouldn't, you know, so I don't know the answer. I If I did, I'd fix it already. I go, wave my white privilege wand, everyone's fixed. Like, that's what I would like to do. I, um, I, I don't know. I, I just keep showing up and I keep posting articles that I hope my fellow white people will say, oh, mm, now I see. Like, that's, that's what we need. We need all white people to go, oh, 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 got it. Because that feeling, like that tenor, yeah, that's what we need. Because until there's understand, and, and we're never going to understand, but until there's a, uh, okay, I see. Until we get there, there will be no understanding and there will be no forward motion as a whole. So I think to see, we have to point white people into the direction of history. Like we need, you need to go look, you need to face it, read it, see it and see why police brutality is not a new thing and mm -hmm. why all of this is, is connected to our history, our yeah. history. And, and that's where I think white people are just missing. I think the people that can put Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben's on a conveyor belt and send me a picture of it and say, I don't see what the problem is. Those are the people that have not bothered. They can't be bothered because their and privilege allows them. And, and again, go back to the history of all of that and what she and he represents. Um, Christy yeah. said, I think first and foremost, a good ally is a good listener. I, I definitely, um, it's, it's definitely a time that um, white people are listening and need to listen and hear, um, hear so that they can make some changes. What to you, Meredith, in all the information I've sent you, and I'm sure other people have sent you, what's been one of the articles or what, one of the histories, um, part of history that you didn't know that you're like, oh my God, this did not happen. This like, like all of it, Latrice, like seriously, because my knowledge of your history was you came over on a boat that you probably wanted to. I pr I'm pretty sure like you wanted to do that. And I'm pretty sure that there were nice slave owners and they were good to you. Like this is my the extent of my history. You know what I mean? And then I went to law school and, and like, I just, I, I couldn't be bothered. I didn't have to look at it. It was my privilege. I could ignore it. So when I say literally everything, it's like every article you send me or everything I read, I go, oh my gosh. So Black Wall Street was was big for me just because I thought, wow, yeah, I knew there was hate. I knew there was lynch. I knew all that. But like the fact that the hate is so great that we're just going to destroy everything you've made just because we don't like it. You know, to me, that was OK. I see. I see this. And now I see where it's showing up today. Like, oh, we're just we're just going to destroy that because it means something to you. You know, that's the kind of hate that I'm seeing. And I don't know why it even surprises me, but um, understanding the history of it is, is key. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to look at it. And that's, and you know, even in my book, I talk about you cannot change anything in your life 
until you're willing to confront the truth about it. If you're 400 pounds overweight and you don't want to be, you can't change that until you go accept the fact that you're 400 pounds overweight. And yeah. you go, well, I weigh 640, time to do something. Yeah. You know, you can't accept it. And so people aren't going to change. They're not going to want to change until they look at it. And so I think that's what has to change. And I, I would find it really hard for like the Christian church to continue to condone its practices if it's going to look at the history. You know what I mean? So that, there's, there's that layer to it also that, you know, and there's some great churches that I've seen in Atlanta that are really getting behind this. And, and they're yeah. like, yeah, we're, we're, we're putting it in your face. Here's the truth. Yeah. And here's what we're going to do. And, and that's great to see that leadership. Um, but I have a question for you. Come on. Talk to me. <laughs> I, I see, I see a lot of people say, but it is getting better. Things are better. Are things better or are they just different? What does better mean to you? Define better. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's, or, or there's progress being made. There's progress being made toward equality. So this, here, here's what I would say. I don't know if I would use better. I think that we're a, a resilient type of pe people who know how to make the adjustments to mm. survive. Um, better to me would be, I wouldn't be telling my children if I get stopped what to do just in case the cop is racist. Now, yeah. before y'all say anything, I got friends who are cops. I love my cops. Because it comes down to a person, right? right? They just happen to have a badge. But my girlfriend and I were talking the other day, and we were talking about how we don't want our kids um, using electronics all day, every day. And so she's like, yeah, I'll probably just drop my kids off at the pool and just let them stay there all day, and then I'll pick them up. And I said, I can't do that. Mm -mm especially now with everything going on. Oh my gosh. Those little black kids. So I said, we got to do something different. So are things getting better? I don't know if I would use the word better. I think we've just made adjustment. And because we're fighters and because we are more than conquerors, um, our people just know how to keep it going, keep it moving. And um, just because we get to be in the, in some, some of us, you let us get into um, a position of clout, you know, we think that's enough and it's not. Better to me is when everyone's equal. Better to me is when we have the same rights because we're all human. That's when it's better. This, this here and there, you know, right. that's not better. That's my instinct. When people say it's getting better, I'm like, I look at them, I'm like, okay, you're white. What do you, you know? Yeah. That's I, I guess no black person has ever said that. That's well, what we need to look for. Is like closed doors, but better no. Um, just because, yeah, I'm out here, um, but not everyone's out here. You know, now some by choice, but but even in that, I remember my sister was um, 
trying to sell her house. And she lives in what we were talking about earlier before we got on the broadcast. They had to take every picture down that showed that a black person lived there. Is that bad? Before, oh. But I'm sure when you sold your house, you never thought about that. No. Every <laughs> picture had to be taken down. Every picture. Because they didn't need to know that a black person lived there. Just in case. And here's the thing. We have adjusted to that. We've adjusted to that system. So we just say, okay. So better, I can't say better. Yeah. Just learn to adjust and still be resilient, still be strong. Well, and I think, uh, yeah. I mean, and I think what's important for for white people to understand about trying to be better and, and trying to understand is the fact that we have such deep-seated racial bias that it's never going to be gone. Like it's never going to be gone in us, but it, you have, we have to become aware of it. So like, for example, I'm working on this, but it doesn't mean you can erase 40 years of, oh gosh, you're at a stoplight. Here comes two black kids, lock your doors. Like, I mean, you grow up with that. You're driving down the road and your mom's like, you recognize it. But that's, that's what we have to demand of ourselves. White people is that's what we have to demand of ourselves. When did I see that? Now can I laugh about it? Like, like stop it. You know how that's, that's the work that we have to do. It's not to pretend like we don't do that stuff. It's there. It's inside of us. It's in our, I mean, there's research that shows kids as young as three, white kids as young as three have racial bias. Like you can't, tell someone, oh, we're not going to act that way. You can't, you can't will it away. It's part of our system. It's part of our culture. And so all I can do now is recognize it. And, and it's terrible because it's, it's everywhere. Absolutely. And on this episode, you know, anything may happen. And so we got a third <laughs> guest. Oh, <laughs> we got a third guest. And here you go. You can do three. Is it your yummy? Oh, hello, yummy. (laughs) (laughs) There's my yummy. So it's clear he has something to say. Oh, he must. Well, yes. Uh, first of all, it, it is an amazing conversation. Uh, you both having Meredith, um, and, and Eula Trace, um, Meredith's question was really great. Uh, and I wanted really, I, I, I was listening and I just could not help. I said, okay, I got to chime in on that. Remember the other couple weeks ago, he took over. And so now instead of (laughs) insights with Latrice, it's insights with Olivier. Go ahead. So here's the the thing. When she asked about uh, in terms of progress or better, okay, here's the thing about progress. So we can, you know, we, we know, so if, if you started, you starting a race, okay, and you take off, uh, let's say Meredith, you take off running, and 10 minutes later, after you started running, it's my turn now to start running. So we are both moving forward. We're technically both making progress, but it doesn't negate the fact that I'm still 10 minutes behind you. Right. Right. 
You, you see That's what such I'm a good analogy. So when yeah. you talk about progress, sometimes we're like, well, but we're not where we were. It is true. We're not where we were, but we're still not where you are. So right. as, as a group of people, you, you're moving forward, but you're still not where the, you, you're still 10 minutes behind the person who started 10 minutes before you. And, and what's sad is when you, um, you make headways where you're cutting down on that time. Let's say you are, you, I mean, you're running so fast that you are now five minutes behind the person. It's like things happen or system are put in place to right. slow you down. So right. You we, get water stop. we get so, water yes, stops. We get water stops and snacks along the way. And by the time forward. you get there, but we've eaten all the snacks. mean that yeah. just because we are progressing, that yeah. the situation is getting better. So yeah, that's right. really what I wanted to chime, chime on. And kind do of not, do not leave, so, mister. I'm out. No, no, no. Lanita said it's a it's dangerous to keep putting the onus on strength on black people. We are going crazy out here bearing the weight of white brutality. Ten minutes behind with shackles on your ankle. Right. Yeah. So, so I think it's everything that we're saying as well. She's in agreement. So Olivier, what insights with Olivier? <laughs> um, what else? I, I just I just had wanted to chime in in that. I really want to get off and keep uh, hearing you and, and <laughs> just, uh, frankly it's a great conversation but i needed to chime in and kind of uh uh give my two cents on uh you know on being behind That's what good. question do you have for olivia <laughs> oh just how do you how are you so handsome that's the only question i think i can't hear her. <laughs> how are you so handsome <laughs> that's the only question we have Look, we all cheese and listen. Bye. Happy right. Father's Day. Love you. Love you. No, that's but such I, a good point, though. That I think that I've, I've heard a similar analogy, but then whoever commented and said, okay, well, yeah, we're, we're running with brutality and shackles. And it, it's just, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. We all so, need a, a starting line that's the same with laws in place and, and but, economic it like all of it and then that's going to take a while absolutely that's while. and that's why on your show i was telling you how um we need to destroy the system and have another a new system because you know everyone keeps saying it's broke the system's broke no it's not it broke. works it's working it is absolutely working the way it intended to work um but we are looking at an hour, so I don't want to hold you any longer. But what I would ask is that you give one last insight. Give your first of all, give your information where they can follow you because I know I need new followers. Because you're losing followers <laughs> because of what you stand for. But you know what? You have to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. We've heard that saying over and over. So I could care less about the followers. Let's I I'm serious. Can. I know. I know. But, yeah, you can follow me everywhere at Swim Bike Mom, like Swim Bike Run, but Mom. Swim Bike Mom. That's my website, my Instagram, Facebook, all of it. So, absolutely. And you ha you've been having a lot of great um, guests um, come on and again, educating your platform, your people that are following you. Um, what is one last insight that you want to give dear white people 
um, on insights with Latrice, we give a last insight. I'll let you give it. And then I give one. Um, oh, Shelly said, uh Oh, um, question for yummy. What? <laughs> I can't see it. What is it like in other countries? Okay. She said, Shelly said, what is it like in other countries? I heard a podcast with Yozo Aduba saying her mom says she didn't know it was bad to be black until moving mm -hmm. to America. Would love to hear his perspective. Let's get yummy back. <laughs> Let's get yummy back. Um, you know what, Shelly? I will tell you this. It, his perspective on everything um, regarding politics, race, I really think he should do the show with me. His <laughs> is so incredible. Um, I, I can't, he, oh, he's, uh, he's caught up right now. Shelly, here's what I'll say to you. I will um, either, oh, great. Thank you, producer. <laughs> he is in the middle of something right now. He can't come. He's, oh, okay. Okay. So I do have a podcast. What was the podcast? It's been maybe two weeks ago. He did talk about racism, but more importantly, Shelly, I'll make sure I get that answer for you, whether he's on my next podcast next week. He doesn't know he's going to be on, but, but uh, <laughs> I will get I'll I will get that answered for you, whether I inbox you, he comes next week. But until then, I had a podcast. Oh, my gosh. I want to say it's been about two weeks. And he talked about racism in his country. And he talks about racism in his country. Um, he definitely talks about it. And so somehow I'm going to get it to you. So um, I'll go back and look it up, too. Okay. But I, I definitely will give you a present answer, whether it's next week or whether I inbox you, but I'll make sure because it's very interesting. His um, his insight on it, his insight on being here during this time, um, the conversations that I hear him and his family, because he his family lives in Europe and in Africa. And he lived in Europe for about six, seven years. And then, of course, grew up in Africa and then came here to Kansas City to find his queen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, so with that said, what is one last insight um, that you can share with the people? Thank you, everyone, for listening, being open. I know it wasn't a easy conversation to listen to to talk about but it's necessary and let me yeah know, olivia you said happy father's day go ahead yeah i would just I, this is what i keep telling my people assume that you actually don't know everything I mean, we assume we don't know rocket science. We assume we don't know all sorts of medicine, right? We assume we don't right. know that. Take a moment and assume you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to racism in America. If you don't, if you're not reading about it, if you're not studying it, if you're not trying to learn, assume you know nothing about it. That's and good. then begin to read. Like just start with one article. And you can go to uh, Psychology Today, Google my name. I have a column. I just wrote a 
um, an article and it has resources, resources. You can click on any one of those and they will lead you to another, to another, to another. Because black activists and writers and, and historians have been doing this work for a very long time. And all you have to do is click on one to learn a lot and to keep going. And so I would just implore you to assume you don't know because I didn't know. I still don't know. I still know like 0.1% of, of what I need to know. And that will free you. It will, it will set your mind free to open up, to understand that we don't know and that we can do better and then make the commitment to do better. You would make the commitment if you found, if you went to the doctor and you found out your stuff inside was broke, <laughs> you would make the commitment to like, Oh, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to exercise. You would, you would care. And so when you figure out that this part of you is broke, which it is, it is. You're not one of the immune. None of us are immune. White people are not immune from this. So when you find out you're broken, when you really get the diagnosis, then begin to look, begin to read, and then become part of the solution. And whatever that is, I don't know what my role is. I don't know what your role will be, but just us saying we're listening, we're here, and we're not going to perpetuate this going forward we're going to take a stand that that's enough right now until we figure out what we can do that's my awesome. insight <laughs> some good insight that's some real insight and i appreciate you for being here i thank you friend um thank for you. your truth i thank you for um being open and willing to learn and say i don't know and i've been this way but I'm trying to get this way and just your honesty and your vulnerability. And um, I know sometimes I send stuff and I'm like, I know it, it might sting, but it's, it's the truth. And it's, it's doesn't, though. that's the thing when you're, when you're willing to receive Good. the truth, it doesn't Good. sting. It, 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 Good. it does sting, but it doesn't sting in the ego way. It stings in the, okay. oh, oh, this is the way, you know, it stings in the right way that you, yeah. you hope to change will sting. Yeah, yeah. Like squats. Yeah. <laughs> Look, them squats are of the devil. And the burpees, are burpees are straight from hell. They are, gonna... but they have big returns. That's why you gotta oh, hurt. You gotta hurt to get some change. <laughs> they do. And I was doing burpees the other day, and I'm telling you what, my floor was like, really, Latrice? <laughs> That's what we're doing. <laughs> Thank you so much, dear. I Thank appreciate you. you. I'll talk to you later on this evening. Thank I you. Love you. Bye. Bye. All right, you guys, you heard it. You heard it from Meredith. Um, she's absolutely amazing person, um, amazing individual, and um, she didn't sugarcoat. And at this time and juncture of um, America, we can't. We can't sugarcoat anymore. We just have to bring the naked truth, the raw truth, but the truth. And so... Just the fact that I see you guys, um, I see people on here listening and um, I appreciate that. I appreciate that you're willing to listen, to learn, um, and I'm going to do my job and I believe my platform is to bring information to you. And so my Dear White People series is just to give you some information, just to give you some insight, some understanding, um, because I have been asked, emailed, text, called, hey, you know, 
tell me about this or how, you know, what information can I get here? And so I want to give that information because I want to see change. And I think Olivier made a great analogy regarding, you know, better know, um, are things progressing? Yeah, but we're so far behind. But I think um, the way America is happening, um, hopefully um, we're moving towards getting to a point because we all are equal. I, I, because of I'm I'm dark skin, that I'm treated any different than someone who is white. Um, it's not it's not fair. And so I'm glad that we are taking the time out. Um, this America that we're fighting for, we we've never seen it. And so we have to continue to fight. It's not a trend. It's not just something for the summer, but it is something that has to be a forever thing for generations. Um, we've never seen the America that we're fighting for. And I'm excited because um, I'm part of that movement and part of that change. But it, please, it's it's not a trend. Get your information. Um, she has in her article a wonderful um, reference of books that you can um, read, find out information, find out true history. I have on my page. I'm always trying to bring some information, even for your children, because the conversation starts with them too. They have to know because they are the next generation. And so there are some books that I've listed for them as well to help understand and um, get clarity and and be a part of the change as well. Um, make sure you you like this, um, please, because I need for Facebook to know that we're talking, that, that we got some stuff we're talking about. So please like, share. If there's questions that you want to ask but didn't feel comfortable, you can always inbox me um, and I'll make sure that I respond to you. My producer, Shelly, will definitely make sure I get that question to you this week or that answer rather to you this week. And um, make sure you are downloading this podcast. And um, I just appreciate you. Happy Father's Day to everyone who's a father and really doing what you're supposed to do. We appreciate you and we thank God for you. And thank you for everyone who is um, here for the change. Um, we'll get through this and we will do this together. Until next time, until next Sunday, um, which we'll continue with my series, Dear White People. Love you guys. God bless.